0: I just feel like i've been around the block ripping up fantasy stock working around the clock look at the view from the top mm. researching rookies a lot no i just be listening to pods yeah one in particular i'm just a messenger let me just pass on the rock uh. browning brunning bruning pronouncing ain't what he's doing what he's doing is not losing but infusing you with new things in this then it's the bennett yeah
1: What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. Proud members of the Full Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTF Podnet on Twitter, and you can find me, your host for the evening, Matthew Bruning at Sports Fanatic MB on Twitter. There's a ton of great podcasts that are associated with this network, and if you want to check all of us out, go to FullTimeFantasy.com. It's your one stop shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. For today's episode, we had a lot of uh, QB changes. The QB landscape kind of changed a little bit after last week's episode. So Dennis and Matt, we are going live here on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube We will be talking about the changes to QB positions and what we think could happen for fantasy players with that. And then we will be going over rookie ADPs. Who are our steals? Who are we planting our flags on? And who do we think are going to be duds based on the rookie ADPs in the top four rounds? All right. Let's do this thing. So we are live on uh, this beautiful Monday, May the 4th, be with uh, both of you gentlemen. It (laughs) is May 4th, and we are excited to be back. Kind of took the week off, had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, So we're going to be back at it today talking about a lot of the QB news that happened last week, a couple things that happened over the weekend. Uh, And then we're going to dive into rookie ADPs and talk about some of the stuff with that as well. So how are you gentlemen doing today? How were your weekends?
3: I had a great weekend. started cleaning my garage. The wife gave me permission to build a podcast studio in the garage.
1: There you go. Yeah. So very nice. What about you, Matt?
2: Uh, pretty good. You know, things started to open up a little bit more here in uh, Colorado. Last week, our stay at home order ended on Monday. And by Friday, a lot of things were opening up. We got to have our first barbecue of the season. Had some people over for uh, my, you know, as my birthday is today. So did some stuff. Happy on. Uh, thank you.
1: Happy birthday.
2: I got to see a friend we hadn't seen in a while on Saturday. Uh, Forgot that I'm not in college anymore. Stayed up till 1 a.m. Getting up (laughs) at 6 a.m. on Sunday for work was uh, a touch rough. And then uh, my mom's birthday was Sunday. You know, we're birthday buddies one day apart. So we went over there, but uh, it's been pretty fun.
1: So being the Star Wars fan that you are, I imagine that's got to be pretty cool having your birthday on May 4th as well, huh?
2: Yeah, I, I don't remember it being a huge thing when I was a kid. It feels like it's oh, the, la- yeah. the last like decade or so. It's become
1: a big thing. Yeah.
3: It's a Twitter holiday.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. It,
1: it is a big thing. All right, so let's go ahead and and jump into this. As I said, we had a bunch of QB news happen last week and then over this weekend since we've kind of been uh, been back at it here. The biggest one being Jameis Winston going to New Orleans. Obviously, we know he's going in this year as the backup, but there's a lot of talk that Breeze was only going to play one year. I know he signed a two-year contract. Regardless, do either one of you think he could be the future? I know Matt is a big fan of the other guy there, but uh, does either one of you think that uh, Winston could be the future of New Orleans once Breeze moves on?
3: I'll let Matt go.
1: Well,
2: first of all, how dare you, ESPN? They changed Taysom Hill's official position to tight end, so he no longer has quarterback eligibility. I had to take a couple of days to recover. That was the biggest blow. Um, but, you know, I don't know. James Winston's probably looking at um, how well things worked out for Teddy Bridgewater, who got an opportunity, obviously, to come in, play a few games, parlay that into a three-year, $63 million starting job. Uh, It's hard for me to imagine that um, Sean Payton's going to feel any more kindly towards Jameis Winston's tendencies than Bruce Arians or some of his previous coaches, but you never know. I think Winston's looking at it as maybe a chance to rehab his image and see what happens. Breeze actually has signed a two-year deal, I believe, and Winston only signed one year, so no guarantee that Drew walks away after this year and no guarantee they bring Winston back. It's a feeling out period, so... Um, you know he's got a, a decent possibility. Um, they they drafted somebody too. I'll be curious to see. I, I know a lot of people were excited. It was it? I can't remember his name. It was it Garrett Stevens? God, I
1: couldn't even tell you. I think you Tommy Stevens. Right Tommy
2: Stevens. Something Stevens. So I'm curious to see if he even makes uh, makes the roster now. Um, you never know with the Saints.
3: Yeah, well, Breeze has twenty two million in dead cap after next season, so he he's should probably be probably
2: playing tw- two years. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, he's gonna be there both years, I unless think, he retires. Yeah, and and so with Jameis, I I think he needs to take a step back, gather himself. I think he'll be ready to play. If something happens to Breeze, he's going to be ready to play. I I don't think ESPN changing Taysom Hill's uh, label from quarterback to tight end matters. So he went from being quarterback 36 to tight end 36. whoop woo So that doesn't really ma- really matter. Uh, but Jameis, you know, it's the same as last year. If If Breeze misses... Five games, I expect Jameis is going to be the starter for those five games, not Taysom Hill. So he'll he'll go in, he'll do his part. When he gets the chance to play, as long as he looks good, he's going to get some sort of opportunity next year. Who's to say what that is? We have a lot of good young quarterbacks coming in next year, uh, just like this year. So it could be a long road back for him. But we saw Teddy Bridgewater put in the work for, what, three seasons to get back to having an opportunity. Now, the situation was different. He was had a pretty devastating injury to come back from. But when he did, he didn't just jump into the very first opportunity. He went for a good opportunity to learn, waited his time, took his opportunities, and by all means should have an a opportunity to prove himself with a relatively long leash down there in Carolina.
1: Yeah, I'll be interested to see. I know there was a lot of people talking about it on uh, on uh, SiriusXM over the week and this weekend that there was talks that Breeze might retire after one year and that it could lead to Winston being the future there. It would be interesting if that happened, obviously, him moving into a another team with really good weapons i mean I, I would say michael thomas uh i mean he's better than evans and godwin now the mixture of evans and godwin probably makes him a little bit better than what he had um there in tampa bay but should I be think an
3: evans and godwin equal like equal like one and a half michael thomas
1: yeah i mean i would <laughs> put him just a smidge and i hate mike evans so i put him a smidge above mike thomas Uh, The next big news to drop for the QBs here was the Red Rifle landing in Big D. Uh, If Dak goes down, how do you think that affects the Cowboys' weapons? And I'm assuming you guys both also think that this has nothing to do with Dak. Dak is still going to get paid, be the Dallas Cowboys' starting quarterback, or is he? What do you guys think? Go ahead, Dennis. I'll let you go first on on the Red Rifle here.
3: I I think Andy Dalton was brought in to shore up. Uh, one of the most crucial positions in football. They have a really good quarterback. I told you last year at this time, going into the season, that Dak Prescott was going to have a career year, and he did. He's he a did. very vital. He's a vital cog to how that offense runs. They have lots of powerful pieces, a good offensive line, an okay defense. So, having. I mean, let me ask you. Do you want Cooper Rush coming in to if Baker Mayfield goes down? Do you want Cooper oh, Rush coming Cooper in Rush. if Drew Lock goes down? Yeah, Cooper it's Rush is on now.
2: Correct, because about, they signed okay, Andy Dalton and DeNucci to come in because he's so, the- so,
3: if I can get a quarterback the caliber of Andy Dalton to come in and play, it's like for me it's very similar to the uh Falcons when Matt Schaub faded away, he was still a quality backup. So the Falcons brought him in for, what, five, six years? And they knew when he went in, he wasn't going to be Matt Ryan. He also wasn't going to throw 77 consecutive pick sixes like he <laughs> did uh, at one stretch. Uh, but he was going to be a quality backup. Dalton can come in, and with that, those pieces, he's going to help them win games. If I think Dallas is going to go twelve and four next year, and they lose uh, Dak at week six, I think they may go eleven and five. I, I think Dalton maybe costs them one game, maybe two, but I the think there's
1: game. that's that that'll be the game he costs them. Yeah,
3: you, know, you you know the your first playoff win is your first playoff win, man.
2: <laughs> well, that's true. I, mean, yes. I think we've seen in the NFL the value of having. Uh, a good option at backup quarterback. I mean, that's the reason the Eagles kept Foles for for a long time. One of the reasons that they went up and and moved to get Jalen Hurts. We've seen other teams. The Raiders went well, and got that, <laughs> <laughs> Look, part of the rationale is that they they wanted to have somebody behind him. Uh, you know, and I think that uh, well, the Hurts thing- is somebody. <laughs> well, Joe Flacco is still available too. They can make up an offseason move, but I, you know, the other thing that it made me think, so they, they came out right away and said, it doesn't change how they feel about Dak. He's still yeah. on a franchise tag. They may have done it in part too. So Dak has a great deal of leverage for the Cowboys. If they're looking at the thing saying, if Dak holds out, we are actually starting Cooper rush. Now, you know, if, if, contract negotiation stall, and he's thinking about not signing his tag. Andy Dalton's there. Andy, it's a great move for him. He has a house down in Texas. He's probably in somewhat the same situation as Winston. Didn't work out with the team that drafted him. He needs to go somewhere, probably not a ton of options. I think we all think that the Patriots have to be interested in one of these guys. The Patriots maybe aren't interested in it because they have consistently, you know, they didn't bother to make a move in the draft when they very well could have them. I and they could have had Jordan Love in their original original spot. They traded out of it. They could have tra- They could have taken Hurts if they liked him in the second round, but they picked something else. It went beyond. They've had cracks at all of these uh, free agents, and they seemingly, you know, Bill has said they're fine with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer. We all think it uh, can't possibly be true, but maybe they're telling us the truth. So the idea that, You know, maybe Dalton's market really, there isn't a ton of market. You know, when you get cut this late, we've already seen Winston had big aspirations after getting basically knowing he was going to be gone early in the offseason and ended up having to settle for a short money backup deal. Cam Newton has been out there, no bites, you know. We all have our opinions of Joe Flacco. He's been out there for a long time with no bites. I think Andy Dalton is probably better than his reputation, but he has consistently struggled in important games. Yeah. So there probably isn't, you know, you're looking at the openings post draft where teams that were probably, you know, if the Chargers hadn't gotten a quarterback or You know, Miami hadn't gotten a quarterback. Maybe they're looking at one of those guys for a year. But most of the teams that really needed somebody got it filled. There aren't a lot of openings. You know, you could do worse than than taking a decent deal to go someplace where you already have a house and uh, be in Jerry's, you know, air-conditioned palatial manner for the whole season. Well,
3: here's what I want to know. Do you think Andy Dalton is seven times better than uh, Jameis Winston?
1: Yeah. No. seven times better.
3: Yeah, I'm, one not sure times he, better. I'm not sure. I he's mean, one
1: time
3: <laughs> I would take to one me. Time I, I, that's the only thing that that troubles me is the contract Winston got. It doesn't for, to sign for one point one million. I thought it was Yeah, three, but,
1: but, but, but that that seemed to be of his choosing from everything I've heard. Because supposedly. Pittsburgh offered him a contract to come in and back up Big Ben, a longer term and more money, and he said no. He said he wanted to go to New Orleans. That's the rumors. Because Pittsburgh came out and said they didn't offer him a contract, but him and right. his well, team
2: said Winston's so. contract includes three point four million in incentives, so it could potentially be yeah.
3: four million. Right. So and Dalton is what guaranteed three. Three, yeah, incentives up to seven. So it just, it, it, there's something about that with everything that's going on in the world today. There's something about that that just feels weird.
2: Well, you have to think about, too, the desirability of the situation and the city. I mean, he's, if, if you're Winston and you've resigned yourself to the fact you're probably not getting a starting opening, do you want to put yourself with Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh and you know, that kind of a situation, or do you want to go to New Orleans, which isn't a bad hang with Sean Payton, somebody who you've seen, you know, I I think that New Orleans backup slot became more appealing because we just saw what
1: it did for Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, yeah, do you want
3: to go big play against. for the coach that's won two Super Bowls or the coach that's won one Super Bowl?
1: The one that's won one because he's a better coach. Right. <laughs> That's my opinion. All right, well, you kind of touched on New England, so we're going to skip the Rodgers thing for a minute and go down to Cam Newton because I do think New England is one of the best landing spots for him. I think that he could – the biggest, I guess, problem with New England is they are kind of strapped on their cap room, so he would have to take a very team-friendly deal, likely some kind of one-year deal. Uh, But the best landing spots for him that I could think of would be New England, Jacksonville, the Chargers for one year, and even San Francisco – Jimmy Garoppolo they can move on from his contract after next after this season and it will not be that big of a cap hit. Where do you guys think Cam Newton goes? Is there anywhere you think he could go to be a starter or once the season once the NFL starts to open back up after everything going on with COVID-19 and he's able to go visit teams, see their doctors because I do think that's the biggest thing holding him up right now. Do you think he has a shot at being a starter or is he going into a backup role like we've seen Winston and Dalton do?
3: Well I think New England is legitimately the only option he has to be a starter but I also feel like Bill Belichick is being truthful when he says I'm good with you know what we got going on. I don't know what's going to happen there. You know that team it's not it doesn't feel like it's loaded with talent. It, it, so it, it's, you know, James White's getting older, Edelman's older, Nikhil Harry. He, he sort of looked like he could break out a little bit. Jacoby Myers looked okay. It's, it's I, I, I don't know what to feel about New England. On one hand, it's easy to go, well, Cam is just much more talented than everybody they have. But it's also easy to go, Cam doesn't fit the program. Yep. They have a program. And I think Cam could be very successful there. But I also wouldn't be terribly surprised if Cam Newton just said, you know what, I'm going to sit out another year and continue to rehab, get myself back in better shape, make sure everything is right, and then come in and and try for something next year when there's – he'll be a free agent at that time. There will be lots of openings. There isn't any waiting to get cut. He, he, He can get the jump on the other teams that need a quarterback, he can, he can be, you know, the first in line,
2: essentially. Yeah, so, you know, when I look at the list, to me, I would take the Chargers out because they went and drafted Justin Herbert. I think they're looking toward the future. I think they're looking at their division saying, you know, we have to kind of start over to try to compete. Um, and I think if they were really looking at Cam Newton, they would have made that that move Pre draft, so that I would kind of rule them out. I wouldn't see San Francisco doing it either because just the I think it would create a conflict when they were a team that was really good, that was in the Super Bowl, that has a decent chance to go back as it was. You know, if you bring in a guy like Cam Newton with fans and everything else, anytime Jimmy G has a subpar game, he's going to hear about it, and that can destroy having. But having been part of teams, it, it never works out like what you're thinking. You know, if you draft – think- like I think it's it might destroy the team chemistry for Green Bay with what, what they did drafting Jordan Love. So San Francisco, if they seriously want to make a run, they either needed to clean cut Jimmy, which they decided they weren't going to do, or they need to roll with what they have and trust that they can – overcome it because you put in somebody like that and, and the second guessing the fans, Denver had this situation when I, you know, Jake Plummer was not an incredible quarterback, but he took Denver to the AFC championship game and it was a very close loss. And I thought that they had some potential to still be competitive, but they went right away and drafted Cutler in the first round and any time Jake Plummer missed a throw, fans started chanting for the other guy because the the most popular guy in any stadium where your quarterback's quarterback is back and quarterback. So I, I would honestly rule that out. New England, I like the idea of him going to New England. I think it would be interesting. I think I if Cam's healthy, I think he's a dynamic player. I just don't know how interested they are. So of that list, Jacksonville would make sense to me, but I kind of think they might be trying to see Thank either. Whoever. Yeah, so either they're seeing is Gardner Minshew going to be the guy or we bought him out like the Dolphins did, like the Dolphins took a chance on Rosen. So, yeah. hey, is Josh Rosen going to be good? Nope. well, that's fine. We still got two of who we wanted anyway. I think the real destination for Cam Newton might reveal itself by someone getting hurt which is you know, a team that thinks they're a playoff team that has an established starter who's not sold on their backup situation who has that starter go out.
1: So the one reason I'll kick back on the San Francisco thing, I do agree with what you're saying. It could cause issues with the team chemistry, but I honestly think – I know he – He made some decent plays in that Super Bowl. It didn't necessarily cost him that, but I think we can all agree if he hits that play to Emmanuel Sanders, who is wide open, if he doesn't overthrow him, San Francisco likely wins the Super Bowl. We're talking about San Francisco as Super Bowl champions, not the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not trying to say Cam Newton is more accurate than Jimmy Garoppolo, but I do think him coming into Kyle Shanahan's offense brings a different dynamic, another dynamic with the way that he can run the ball. And I do think that, it'd be different if they were bringing in like an Andy Dalton type or no offense to Jay Cutler, but a Jay Cutler type, but they're bringing in a, a past NFL MVP in Cam Newton. He's not just some random quarterback. He's not a backup quarterback. If you bring in a guy like Cam Newton, I think if he, they say, you know, say they bring him in, it's like, Hey, you two are going to compete for the, the starting job. If he wins it, I still think that the team will be, Hey, you know, we got Jimmy G he's our backup. He's still a leader, but now you have a dynamic player in Cam Newton leading this team. I don't think it would break up the team that much. I think it would just make them even more dangerous on offense. Again, putting his skill set with Kyle Shanahan, I, I do get that it might mess up the team chemistry. But the other side on that I think is that team is so close to possibly going back and winning a Super Bowl that I don't think that's going to – they just want to win. And I think you got to have the best players on the field to win.
2: And so in your scenario you're talking about them bringing in Cam Newton right now with the idea that he might be their starter from game 1 that's a little yes. bit different I think if they were interested in doing that they would they've had a lot of time to look at that and nothing they've had a lot of you know there's been a lot of talk of different people that they might go after and they might get And it does seem like they felt out Tom Brady yeah. uh, before moving I- on
1: I don't think anybody's going to make a move on Cam until he's able to go to team facilities. I, I just think everybody's so worried about his health that no, like, because we already know that he passed a physical with his doctor, but I think teams need to see that. I think they want their team doctors to look at him before anybody makes a move on him. Because, in my opinion, there's no reason why Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton should have gotten signed before him, unless he's just saying after there that, there's no way he's coming in as a backup quarterback, which I haven't seen anywhere. So I can't say if he has or hasn't. But I would, for me, there's no and no world on earth or no future, whatever reality, should James Winston and Andy Dalton been signed before Cam Newton, in my opinion. So I, I think it's all his health it is kind of what's holding him back.
2: Well, and there's still the potential he could end up going to Washington because Ron Rivera, when he was interviewed last week, refused to rule it out. He said they're continuing to think about it, which kind of right. makes so, me yeah. wonder. If- it kind of makes me wonder if he's continuing to think. I would rather have Cam Newton and Daniel Snyder's continuing to think we have Dwayne Haskins.
1: Right. Yeah. And they
2: need to have a meeting of the minds somewhere. Yeah.
3: Daniel Snyder's going. Hey, whose name is on the bottom of this check? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you mentioned the uh, the disrespect to Rogers here. I want to get into that. We we discussed it a little bit when the pick happened. Obviously in the first round that Thursday night about Jordan Love going to. The Packers' Brett Favre uh, on uh, XM last week said that he thinks Rodgers will leave and finish his career with another team. Based on what happened, uh, he feels like that really is going to create a divide between him and the front office, especially because Two days before the draft, Aaron Rodgers gave an interview saying that he hopes they would draft a skill position player in the first round because they haven't done that in, I believe it's been a decade, and he would like some more weapons around him. They did not do that at all. They did not draft a wide receiver at all. They got some undrafted free agents, but nobody in the draft. The earliest out in his contract, he is technically, in my opinion, 2023. He is still under contract for them, but if they were to cut him before the start of that season, it would be just a $2,852,000 cap hit. So that technically is not a big cap hit for them. Jordan Love would still be on the rookie contract, so they wouldn't have to worry about necessarily paying him. Could you guys see that being Aaron Rodgers' year that he has moved on from the Green Bay Packers and kind of doing what they did to Brett Favre and now moving Jordan Love into the role to see what they have before they have to pick up that fifth-year option uh, and and seeing if they, since they believe they have their future quarterback, what do you guys think Aaron Rodgers?
2: they'd have to have picked up the, you pick up the fifth year option before the fourth year starts. If they did the out going into 2023, Jordan Love has been there three years and never played. So they would still have to pick up that fifth year option before seeing him go on the field. If that's when they choose to part. Uh,
1: Yeah, I guess so. Well, I mean, what do you guys think? Any shot at this? You think Aaron Rodgers just plays out his career there? What do you think?
3: Uh, Well, I think, uh, Brett Favre has, uh, I think he believes that if they were willing to let him go, that they would be definitely be willing to let Aaron Rodgers go. Uh, mm. I, I think be, because there's when you compete at that high of a level, you have an ego that I don't think any of us can fathom, and and I have an ego. It's not it's not deserved by any stretch of the imagination. But it's, it's healthy, and it's there. Uh, but Brett Favre is a Hall of Fame quarterback, and, and the Packers looked at him and said, hey, we're going to take this guy, and he's the one that's going to replace you. And it came time, and Brett said, I'm not done. And they said, you know, that's too bad, buddy. Thanks for your service. Here's your watch. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. So I think Brett Favre has to believe that the Packers are going to let Rogers walk at some point or push him out the door like they did with him. For his own well-being, I think he has to believe that. As far as the Packers go, they need to make decisions based on the the coaches make decisions based on the short term. The general managers make decisions based on the long term. And whether it's been uh Gutikinst, or however you pronounce his name, uh, covering or not, he's come out and said that the decision to trade up for Love was his. It wasn't Lafleur's. Mm-hmm. So he he's basically saying, I have to plan for this team to be a success year after year after year, and I think this guy gives us the best option to do that. Some of it could be that, you know, Rodgers, the past few years, he hasn't been great. Some of that could be that, the past, you know, ten or twelve years, they haven't consistently given him the weapons uh, that uh, other teams have. So, I I'm not going to be surprised if Rogers plays out his career. Honestly, given that you know the way Aaron Rodgers sort of marches to the beat of his own drummer, I wouldn't be surprised if after 2022, they're like, "Hey, we're going to cancel this," and he's like, "No, you can't. I quit." <sighs>
2: So, I mean, I think you raise quite a few interesting points. Uh, well, you know, good. They have, it helps they, make you feel better. Well, they haven't been super successful, and obviously they thought Mike McCarthy might be uh, some of that. You move on from McCarthy and new coach comes in with, with Rodgers and the team and is able to go 12 and four and be the two seed in the NFC. So you think, well, maybe they, they were onto something there. It would have made sense that they were trying to build toward making at least one last run with Aaron Rodgers. Cause I mean, you look at that, uh, the contract, you would not really think of him as a candidate for going anywhere for at least three years. If you were to release him right now, you'd have, almost 52 million in dead cap. You release them next year, you have almost 32 million in dead cap, and then you have just over 17 million if you released them in 2022 in dead cap. Those are huge figures. That's also a contract, if I'm looking at it, that's close to untradeable uh, to me because not only would you have to find somebody to take on a big chunk of salary, you would still, as the Packers, have a huge chunk of dead cap because of how much of that relates to the signing bonus and the restructure and the pro rating. So it was a curious pick and I understand the GM coming out and saying this is my pick and but that is not a pick you make without talking to the head coach and being on the same page simply because of what it does. You know, no head coach wants you to take a quarterback as your first round pick if that's not who they want. And if they have an entrenched quarterback, you know it's going to cause issues. It's going to be part of the problem. I, I think there's a big part of LaFleur that wants to build a different kind of Packers team than what Rodgers does. They've had tension going back to last year in training camp, and even though the team managed to perform on the field, it doesn't seem like they were always on the same page. It's just going to be interesting to see what happens. Maybe they are trying to make it so that Aaron Rodgers decides he wants to up and retire, but I don't really think he's talked about playing till he's 40 or after 40, which you know used to sound – crazy, but not in recent years. What we've seen you know, we're going to start this season with two quarterbacks who are over 40 years old, who are on teams that are, we would consider serious contenders in Breeze and Brady. So it's maybe it's just an interesting game of chicken. I'm not a huge Packers fan. um, So I, I don't really care if they collapse. But if I was a Packers fan, I think I'd be a little upset because your big free agent move was signing Devin Funches, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't think that his contract
3: is as untradeable as people want to think. If you look at it, yes, we have two quarterbacks over 40. One of them has a cap hit this year of $25 million on a brand new contract, and the other has a cap hit of $36 million.
2: But so, what I'm saying is Rodgers... You have to find somebody that wants to eat his salary, but there would also be a huge dead cap hit for Green Bay. And if I'm Green 99. Bay, why am I taking a $20, $30 million hit? Because you accelerate. If you trade – like if you traded him right now, you'd accelerate all those years of bonus. If you trade him next year, they'd end up taking like a $30 or $40 million cap hit, and you have to find a team that wants to eat a contract that's – 25 or 30, you could probably find a team in the right circumstance that wants to eat that, but you've also screwed yourself. And what are you But you only screw on yourself
3: for, for one year. And if you've got your guy, if you th- if love is your guy and you're like, we're going to play this guy, we've got young players. Uh, we're not re-signing Aaron, Rod- Aaron Jones because uh, we believe in A.J. Dillon being the next guy. We're not going to re-sign Devontae Adams. Because we believe these other guys are going to be the answer. So now you,
2: you you take that one year and you've got all these up and comers. Feels like the Green Bay of my youth, the Don yeah. McCallie, uh six and ten Frisky teams. I so, can't wait to see how uh, Packers fans feel about that.
3: Well, Packers fans are like Browns fans; they don't go anywhere. They're not like Denver fans.
1: Oh, shots fired! All right. Uh, I'm apparently,
2: kidding. that's because Browns fans don't know what it's like to be part of a winning franchise. Hey,
1: what are you coming at me for? I didn't do anything. He's a Lions fan. <laughs> don't, don't come don't come at my Browns. I didn't do anything. All right, we already kind of touched on Stidham a little bit, so we'll save the rest of that Edelman and Harry stuff for for when we actually get to previewing New England, since it does seem like New England is – Steadfast on sticking with Stidham. I wanted to talk about the rookie ADPs. We're, we're about a week into some rookie drafts. Uh, I know I've gotten through, I think, 12 of them at this point. We've still got some going on. I'm sure you guys have got only 12. Only 12 so far. I've got quite a few starting up this week. Uh, so, what I want to do is I'm going to read through ADPs. I pulled all these off of uh, fantasypros.com. I'm going to read through the ADPs of the first round. Obviously, I know you guys have got the list on here too. I want you to find, uh, I guess, like your your steal you think of who in, in whatever round you think of getting that player there is a steal in your opinion, who you think is going to – who you're going to plant your flag on. And it can be the same player if you want or someone different and who you think is going to be a complete bust in each of these rounds and where they're being drafted. So in round one, obviously with the landing spot for CEH, he jumped up. He is 1-1, Taylor at 1-2, Swift at 1-3, Dobbins at 1-4, Jerry Judy at one five, C.D. Lamb at one six, Cam Akers at one seven, uh, Justin Jefferson at one eight, Jalen Rager at one nine. I'm sorry, Henry Ruggs at one nine, Jalen Rager at one ten, Denzel Mims at one eleven, and I forgot one twelve was Laviska. Ke-
3: no, Keyshawn Vaughn. Vaughn.
1: Keyshawn Vaughn. Did I mess that? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, there we go. Course,
2: well, according to what you gave us, anyway.
1: Yes, that's right. No, no, I forgot that he was an RB. I was looking at different ones before, and it had it had a Chenault there at twelve because he was going to be mine. So, my uh, I'll go first. My steal is Vaughn at twelve. Yeah. I've been kind of big on him. I really think that if you can get a guy who. I think it's easily going to be the starting running back for Tampa Bay. I love Ronald Jones, but Keyshawn Vaughn can do everything. I think he's going to be able to come right in. Even if Bruce Arians who he doesn't really ask your running backs to do a whole lot in the receiving game, I still think he can easily catch 40, 50 balls this year. Going to be a really good runner behind that uh, that offensive line and with Tom Brady. So to be able to get a starting running back of his caliber, who I would take over Akers uh, at 112, I think is a steal. So he is my steal. Matt, who is your steal out of that first round?
2: Yeah, I – I've loved where I've been getting Vaughn too. Um, you know, as much as I love Ronald Jones and believe—oh wait, that's not me. Uh, I, Vaughn is somebody that I've been targeting. I've actually um, his—I think his ADP has come up a little bit. The first few rookie drafts yeah. I did, yeah. I was getting him mid-second, and I—I I loved, I loved where I was getting. Uh, getting that i got him 204 and one and i think 205 in one and it's you know it's glorious for all the reasons you're talking about because people uh, those top five running backs i've seen mostly go by the time you hit the first six picks yeah. i mean yeah. that's that's you know if you're at the top half of the draft you're getting them and and i and i get that but uh Vaughn is the one who because it feels to me there's a huge kind of Tear break after Vaughn to all the rest of the rookie running backs. Okay. <laughs> you okay there? You there? Yeah, I read your comments. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: that's what oh. happened at the 33 minute mark. Matt broke up with Ronald Jones. Weird.
1: <laughs> we're we're just taking a break right now. We're still talking about our future and what may happen, but you know, we're just we're we're seeing other people right now. Making sure we that we're, were on a break. break. <laughs> it's
2: it's we're sure.
3: <laughs> so, I feel like Vaughn is is the steel there in part because it, I so I don't have any shares through about 6 or 7 drafts. Uh, and most of them have been super flex drafts. So mm. he, he's going to get pushed down even more. But in a one quarterback league, uh, I don't have, I, I feel like the range for him has been like the one nine to one eleven, you know, one eight to one eleven. And I typically am not picking early enough in that range to get Vaughn. So I don't have a single share. Uh, I think. Jerry Judy, at, as the first wide receiver off the board, is a, a slight reach. I, I'm still big on Lamb. Uh, I still think he's going to be the best receiver in this class. For me, when I look at it, the struggle is so if you, you those first five receivers, I don't think Vaughn is in their tier. Uh, I think Vaughn is closer to Akers, but Akers is closer to Dobbins than he is to Vaughn. Uh, He's he's closer to Swift than he is to Vaughn, so. But all six of them are not going to hit. Yeah, you know, one of them is likely to be a superstar. One of them is going to be a complete and utter bust.
1: I won't tell you who mine is.
3: And a couple of them. Acres. A a couple of them are going to be. You know, the rest of them are going to kind of be. Somewhere in the range of mediocre, good to average to slightly above average, and is figuring out exactly, you know, what that is. I think based on expectations, uh, Edwards-Alaire could be the one that underperforms, That's and mine. I could, I, I could see Taylor being that as well if Taylor doesn't develop the uh, chops in the passing game. You know, Edwards-Alaire now is for somebody who going to argue inarguably the best situation. Now you're starting to see some of the analysts come out and say, well, you know, the dude can't really block in passing games. So if he's in there, he's either going to be getting a handoff, running a fake or catching the ball because he he can't block acres. I get the whole story. I, you know, his line was terrible. He, he, some struggled.
1: And he's- oh, I think we lost Dennis. Did he freeze so up I, on you too?
2: Yeah. It looks like he kind of slid over to – I think you wanted to talk about who who you thought was going to slide. So I don't know if you want to go first. or.
1: Uh, well, I mean, mine was CEH, who he just mentioned. Uh, I, I- – I mean, I said it, you guys were here when I said it on the, I I felt like it was obviously a great landing spot for him, but I think people are reading too much into that. I think him landing on such a high powered offense is not a, it's a good thing for him, but he cannot pass block. And I really think that I understand, you know, I think you guys are making the argument that he was a lot like Brian Westbrook. And we saw what Brian Westbrook did in Philly with, with Andy Reid but I don't think he is Brian Westbrook. And I don't Brian Westbrook could pass block. Brian Westbrook was a complete running back. I don't think CEH is that. And while I still think he'll be good, him going at the one, one is a reach for me. And that's exactly yeah. what Dennis was saying. I agree with him. I think he is going to be a uh, part of the reason. I think he's going to be the bust out of all these guys like acres, Uh, I think Aker's going – I understand he played behind a bad offensive line. He's not going to a bad offensive line with the Los Angeles Rams. And with the way Sean McVay kind of –
2: I would disagree about
1: that. They're not as bad as Florida State. That's my point. Florida State was – it was the three of us blocking at Florida State for that offensive line. Los Angeles has a much better offensive line and a ten times better offensive coach. Than what he had in college, and I think him going there is is a good landing spot for him. I have no doubts about Acres and what he can do. For me, it's Ceh, and and if I had to pick another one, it'd be Rugs. Like I know Dennis, you were just saying that. Uh, welcome back, by the way. That uh, That's okay. Vaughn,
3: I had had my in show seizure. I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, Vaughn uh, isn't with those other guys. I disagree. I, I think Judy Lamb Jefferson and Rager for sure should probably go ahead of Vaughn. But I could definitely see the argument over rugs and Mims. Like, I like Mims, but I'm not sold on Mims, and I don't like the landing spot for him either where I would take Vaughn over uh, him.
2: So, And that, to me, Mims, I'm fine if I'm getting him in the middle of the second taking that chance yeah. and the opportunity yeah. I get. But when you see him vaulting up there to 111, yeah. we all watched the Jets last year, right? Fundamentally, not a ton for the Jets has changed going into this year except for you're hoping that – Ah, uh, Sam Darnold doesn't con- contract mono again, but you know he might be looking at this situation, trying to find that girl and get mono all over again. So he can. Uh, I mean, it's impossible. The, so. the Jets, you know, I would like to see Darnold take a step forward in that, and I still love Le'Veon Bell. I'd like to see him be productive, but I think the assumption is just there's no competition, and Memes is going to roll out there and have one of you know have like an AJ Brown rookie season. I don't think that's necessarily the case and seeing his ADP go up that high in the first that's not a place where I'm interested in taking a gamble on Adam Gase right now and this is somebody who had Adam Gase on their team and had been giving him the benefit of the
1: doubt. So is Mims your guy that you're uh, you're off on or you're dud here in the in round 1?
2: Well based on the based on the draft capital I mean I think the arguments you went over for some of the other running backs you know, and Dennis had a great point. They're not all going to hit, you know, especially year one. I think there's a lot of people that are taking CEH that just think they're going to get vintage Kareem Hunt out there. And if that's what you're expecting in 2020, you know, you've you sold yourself a bill of goods. I don't think any of us. We're as high on Henry Ruggs as a talent as as some of the other ones, but I get that draft spot and the Raiders, you know, I trust John Gruden to get the ball to him a lot more than I'm trusting Adam Gase to get the ball to Denzel Mims. There's probably a reason Mims was available for the Jets at the, what was the end of the third round.
1: Well, the problem with Las Vegas is that Ruggs isn't even the best wide receiver on their team. Brian Edwards is. So I I don't see how Ruggs is going to get the ball.
3: I, I took Brian Edwards at the three hundred eight. Oh, I know. I've draft. got him
1: in the third round in a lot of drafts. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm surprised. So, Dennis, since I know you kind of cut out there, my, um my dud here was C E H for kind of some things that you were mentioning there. I don't think. Uh, the fact that he can't block, and I know as we talked about before with the with the Brian Westbrook thing, but I don't think he is Brian Westbrook. Brian Westbrook was a very complete running back, in my opinion. I don't see that with CEH. I think he's got a little bit more holes in his game than other people want to admit to, and I do think that when it comes down to it, certain uh, when they get into their fast pace and their their two-minute offense and everything, if C.E.H. isn't on the field, he's not going to get on the field. I think they're going to trust guys like Darrell Williams or Damian Williams to block more for Mahomes. So I think drafting him at the 1-1 I think has the biggest chance for, for bust. Uh, I, I agree with what you're saying with Taylor, but I, I, the comp that you made for Taylor is perfect, and I think that's what also kind of negates your argument a little bit in that he is very much Nick Chubb 2.0, And Nick Chubb is still a top-12 fantasy running back without the receiving upside, and he still has done it with another guy like Kareem Hunt stealing carries from him in the second half of the season as well. Carries and catches and still produced. I think Taylor can do that, and I don't think Mack or Hines are anywhere near Kareem Hunt's level. The only thing I think may hurt Taylor is the fumbling. If he cannot get the fumbling under control, uh, then that's obviously going to hurt him here at the second level, but if, if he or the next level, NFL. But if he's good there, I'm not worried about Taylor behind probably the best offensive line in football right now and having a guy that I think Phillip Rivers is more than willing to hand the ball off to him a bunch and dump it down to him. I think Taylor's going to be fine. So CEH was my my dud or my bust. Who's yours?
3: Well, for me, it was I, – I think CEH, as I look at it, I and it, you have to put it in context because yeah. it's very likely – CEH could go out and be peak James White for, you know, five seasons. Yeah. But I think, you know, nine, eight, eight, seven, eight, nine receptions a game and 20 yards rushing, I think a lot of people are going to look at that as a bust based on where he's being drafted. Yep. So I I, I think he's a lot closer to that than he is – Pete Brian Westbrook or Pete Kareem Hunt, we I could be wrong. We have to see. You know he he ran very well uh, last year in college, playing on a wide open offense though. So there's there's definitely going to be some issues there. For me, wide receiver wise, it's probably Mims. I find myself ta- Mims and Rugs. I find myself passing on Rugs because I believe I can get Edwards in the middle of the second. And I find myself passing on Mims because I like uh, Pittman better and T Higgins better. Uh, I I'm you know Pittman is turning into my Ronald Jones. Uh, the more the more drafts I do, the more I'm like, okay, how where where is he going to go? Where do I need to maneuver to to make sure I get this guy? And it's not even because I expect a ton from him this year. Uh, they're already talking he's going to slot right into the X position and be that big receiver. Uh, I think that's going to be great. Kind of hurts my uh, derice Fountain shares. I keep waiting for Fountain to come back.
2: Uh, but now so, I'm going to have to Fountain, get rid of him. Fountain is your Ronald Jones. Let's not put that hate on Pittman. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, mean, right. I don't even have Rob Jones on like, but one team. So my, my love for him didn't pan out, but all right. So who is the one guy in around one that you guys would uh, plant your flag on? I'll let you go first, Matt. Who's the one guy that you think is going to have a, you don't even have to be just one year. You just, you believe in his talent. He's going to have a stellar NFL career in your opinion, moving forward. Who is it?
2: It's uh, it's tough for me to pick. Cause I think the two top receivers, um, you know, I think Judy Lamb and Rager.
1: Got to pick one, or you're kicked off the stream. Pick one.
2: Uh, I'll I'll go with Judy because Homework. I thought you said top two. <laughs>
1: yeah. Judy and Lamb. Judy and Lamb. Dennis, what I about think, you? you i your? Reversed
2: my rankings after the after last Monday. After you talked me into it, I had to put my boy Lamb back up.
3: Right. I I think CD Lamb is, he's going to be a beast. I think he's going to ball out. I think he's, he could, uh, end up not only being the best wide receiver in this class, but the best, uh, fantasy player in this class.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's already the best wide receiver on the Cowboys. So there's no doubt about that whatsoever. I'm going to go Rager. I've been a big believer in him. I love him going to that offense. Uh, the Eagles throw the ball about 600 times a year. It doesn't matter if it's Carson Wentz, Nate Sudfeld, or now I guess Jalen Hurts. Uh, I believe in Rager. Rager's Might played matter. before and, and produce. so if Hurts goes in there, he knows exactly what to do to produce at the position. So <laughs> I'm going with Rager there. So on to round two, at 2-1 two, is uh, Higgins, 2-2 two, two, Pittman, 2-3 two, Joe Burrow, 2-4 LaVisca Chennault, 2-5 Brandon Ayuk, Two six to a tongue of Iowa. Uh, where are we at? Two seven is Zach Moss. Two eight, uh, Brian Edwards. Two nine, AJ Dylan. Two ten, Antonio Gibson. Two eleven, Chase Claypool. And two twelve is KJ Hamler. So, who here in the second round is your steal? I'll let you go first, Dennis.
3: Uh, my steal is Brian Edwards. Um, well, and Michael Pittman. It's. You know, I can't. I I'm having trouble picking. Okay, you, have uh, pick you have to pick one.
1: off the removed from the stream.
3: <laughs> well, I periodically just disappear from the stream, anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if I got to pick just one, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go with Pittman. Okay. Um I I think he's got. He he's in a position where T.Y. Hilton is clearly on the back end of his career. Uh, their offense is set up to be; it's going to be better than I think the Raiders' offense. And if he steps into that X X position and takes control of it from the get-go, uh, he I think he has he he could produce quicker and potentially as long or longer than Edwards. Edwards and Higgins both there they have challenges in front of them. One is is AJ Green going to actually Stay, or is he gonna, you know, push his way out of Cincinnati and open up a spot, or will he be there for another year or two and Higgins will play behind him? Or and with Edwards, I feel like there's gonna be a concerted effort to force the ball to Henry Ruggs at the expense of Edwards until John Gruden says, Well, hey, actually, this Edwards guy is better, so I'm gonna stop forcing it. That way I'll just have Derek Carr throw the ball or whoever is the quarterback then throw the ball to Rugs when he's open. Um, so th- that would be I, – I think Pittman's my guy there.
1: What about you, Matt? Who's your steal in this round too? Yeah, yeah, Pittman's you – know, yeah, I think right. – uh, Oh, you went all robot out. there. Wait, wait, wait what? what? Does he sound like a robot to you too, Dennis? Or is he, that just he, does.
3: he does. He does. He sounds
1: like a robot. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why either. Back. Maybe your inner R two D two is coming out here on May the fourth. Yeah, internet right, it is still, still sounding wow. off. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, no, yeah, you still sound like a robot. Yeah. Well, Matt is uh, messing with his uh, his speaker set here. I'll I'll give you mine real quick. Mine is Brian Edwards. I'll uh, it, it, for me, it was torn between uh, Edwards and Ayuk because I really love the landing spot for Ayuk. I think him going to San Francisco and the way that. Uh, I do think that uh Shanahan could use him would be really good, but I'm gonna go with Edwards because I don't think they're gonna force the ball to rugs. I think they're going to use him as that deep play threat. And I do think he's going to be a little bit, I would say a mix of Tyree Kill and Deshaun Jackson. Like I think he's going to be a little bit more boom than Deshaun Jackson, but not quite as much as Tyree Kill. He's going to be a little bit more less more bust than Tyree Kill. Or Brian Edwards, I think, is going to be the more consistent uh threat in that receiving game. I do think Derek Carr is going to be able to target him and use him a lot. And to be able to get him, I mean, Dennis, I know you talked about I've got him in the third round in some of my drafts, but to get him at 2.8 and a guy that I think has the talent to be drafted at the back end of the first round, uh, is well worth it to me. I love all the other guys. I mean it's hard to pass on on Higgins and Pittman, uh, with what you said, I think Higgins is going to be a stud as well with Cincinnati. But uh for me, Edwards at two point eight, I think is 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 my steal. Matt, uh, who's yours?
2: Does it sound better?
1: It yeah. sounds a lot. Better. You're good.
2: Apparently, there's a setting you can do that they said is for podcasting. I guess I should read things. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Pittman is. It was kind of like uh, Dennis uh, Scene two point two. He's obviously come up quite a bit. I was really enjoying getting him in the back half of the. Uh, Second round, uh, when we did our rankings, he was my number five. I, I like the opportunity. I like the player and the, the position. So that's somebody I've been frequently targeting in the second round, especially if you have an early first round pick where you're, you're going running back. Usually uh, he's the receiver that I've been trying to get in the second round.
1: Oh, man, this is just disappointing. I was looking at a list here, most receiving yards uh, in the NFL before the age of 23. Uh, you guys want to take a, well, you guys probably won't. Josh Gordon, number two on that list, which is just ridiculous to me. I, I mean, I knew he was good, but to see Did him- he that
2: apply good, to come back again?
1: I wish he would come back. I'd. St- I have him on Team i come back. I've, I love that. Guy. I thought
2: he did apply to the NFL to come back. Uh, he might
1: have, but well, I was looking at it because very interesting on this. List. So obviously, it's a ton of wide receivers. Juju at third. Evans at four. Somehow, Amari Cooper is on this list at five. I am completely baffled by that. A uh, bunch of other really good wide receivers on here. DJ Moore at 9, which I thought was interesting. But Christian McCaffrey on there at 20. Most receiving yards on that list before the age of Just ridiculous. Speaking of uh, which, it,
2: did you see the report that Carolina is thinking about using him for kick returns? I'm like,
1: guys. Uh, I mean, whatever you got to do to win games, I guess. I don't know. Uh, who is uh, – who is your dud here in round two? Who's the one guy – I feel like we're probably all going to have one of the same two players here. But who who, is you, who would be your dud? I, I'll go first since I – well, no, Matt, you went last last time. So you go first. Who is your dud here in round two?
2: I'm tempted to uh, say Claypool. Uh, okay.
1: but uh, I thought you'd go.
2: Go ahead. I, th- I think it's it's a little high, but the one that probably – I'm the most leery of is I think K.J. Hamler's going too high. Uh, you know, Denver has their two running backs. They already got one. Receiver Sutton's still there. Noah Fant's still there. I just, I think the thought that he's going to come in and, and produce that kind of value makes me a little bit nervous. I think he's also more likely to, to end up really solidifying as a returner. I've just seen a lot of people that think he's going to come out there and be, be uh, you know, a, a viable fantasy starter in you know year one. I I'm much more Larry and going and getting him. I wouldn't mind taking him later in the third or somewhere, but coming up into the second, I think it's too high.
1: Dennis, what about you?
3: It's the same two guys, Claypool and Hamler. Uh, to to okay. me, neither one of them are even. I, I wouldn't consider either the, either of them in the second round at all. I probably I, – I'm going to say Claypool would be the bigger one because I believe I have drafted one share of K.J. Hamler in a league that has bonus points for big plays because I think the only way Hamler is going to be consistently viable uh, is going to be if he can – if you have something – that gives you bonuses for big plays, and I don't think he's going to get enough opportunity. So I I honestly, I drafted him, I think, in the fourth round of the Don't Get Any Flexes League as a, or no, it's a fantasy, the FF Breakdown League that has the, the bonus points for big plays. I think I drafted him late third or fourth round, uh, and part of the reasoning was, well, I don't have any shares of him anywhere, and if I'm going to have any, this is the league. I actually drafted Rugs in that league as well, based in right. part because of those bonus points.
1: Well, Claypool was not at all the guy I thought you guys were going to go. Hamler was on there. Uh, the other one for me was Chenault, so I'll go Chenault since you guys both kind of talked about Hamler and Claypool Shanell uh, I think landing spot was bad for him. I don't love the offensive scheme that they run there and his injury history to take him there at 2.4. I mean you're 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 putting him up there with guys like Higgins and Pittman. You're taking him over Ayuk and Edwards and Claypool who I would take all over him. Chennault has the skill set to be an absolute stud but he's very raw wide receiver and the injury history really scares me going to a team like Jacksonville really scares me as well. So he's, he was mine. Uh, the one rebuttal I'll give on Claypool is I know there's a lot of talk about him going to tight end. I think if he goes to tight end, he immediately becomes like a fantasy all-star it may take a year or two, uh, but with his explosiveness and everything that he can do and as bad as the tight end position is, I think he could be really good for them. So I'm not as low on Claypool. Uh, as you guys are, so that would bring us to well. Uh, but who you're, who you're,
3: in defense of, of my my pick of Claypool, I we we've seen how long it takes to convert from wide receiver to tight end. It isn't just a year; it takes two, yeah, three, four years, and then to become fantasy relevant at the position. So it, it's, I I you know he he's not. I, I've seen on Twitter people showing his uh, player profiler next to Calvin Johnson. And it's like, man, the dude, this, this ain't it. He's not Calvin Johnson. He's not DK Metcalf either. So, uh, you know, Uh, I I don't know.
2: uh, Even if you thought he, you know, I think it's reasonable to assume he could possibly be kind of a big tight end. When who's the last tight end in recent memory for the Steelers? That was a big fantasy asset. I mean,
1: well, but you're also looking at Pittsburgh doesn't have the wide receivers that they've had in the past, though. I I, I love Juju. He's not on Antonio Brown, Heinz uh, Ward, those guys' levels. Juju, I think I know he was injured and everything last year, but I think he kinda proved he's not a one. I think he's more of a really good two. I would say he's maybe right in the middle of a one and two, but he's not that stud and they don't have anybody else. I'm not a, I don't think Deontay Johnson is the answer. I don't think James Washington is the answer. Clearly, you know, Vance McDonald is not the answer to that tight end. So I think with Big Ben being there, just giving him options to throw the ball. So we've seen how, I think in the past five years, they've thrown the ball 500 times or more every single season outside of one year. And I think it was 490, I believe, is what I heard this morning on the radio. So I'm just being in that offense alone, I think, is going to help him because I think he immediately can come in there and be the three on that team. I would not be surprised if he beats out Johnson or Washington to become the three if one of those can compete and win that second job. So I'm just not as low on him based on the offense and the skill set. That's just – my opinion, I understand. If, if uh, There are a lot of people who don't like Claypool as much. I'm, I don't have him in any leagues. I technically traded for one, but I didn't give up much to get him. So, Who is uh, the guy that you are planting your flag on in the second round that you think is going to end up having a really good NFL career? I'll start with you, Dennis.
3: Uh, in the second round that I think is going to have a really, really good career to me is uh, Michael Pittman. Okay. Um, I just think he's landed in a great situation, and uh, you know, with a team that is doing things right, so I, I, he, he's got an ascendancy to the top spot with uh, Ty getting older.
2: Yeah, and obviously, I, I like Pittman too, but I'll go uh, with T Higgins because I I think we've seen it. AJ There's Green all. has maybe one more year with Cincinnati, if he can stay on the field, I think they are ready to move on. I think a big part of getting him was so that he and Burrow could kind of uh, grow together. I think there was a lot of discussion of that, and uh, I think he landed in a good spot uh, for where he could end up.
1: Yeah, that was going to be mine as well. Like, I love Pittman, but I have no idea what their future holds at quarterback or that offense move forward. Like, I like Jacob Eason, but I don't know if he's going to be the guy and how good he's going to be. I have no doubt, really, about Burrow uh, and him coming in there and being able to grow with Higgins. I'm with you. He, Higgins is a guy that I think is going to be an absolute stud and a guy that I think we'll be talking about in a couple of years, being like, how did that guy go in the second round? Well, I would say Edwards, too, but Higgins, I think, could end up having a better career. So, round three who is your steal here in round three i'll uh matt why don't you go first uh let me look at the
2: oh Ooh, i forgot
1: th- to read th- while you're looking th- i'll read off i forgot to read the uh, the adps here so at three one is justin herbert at three two anthony mcfarland three three darrenson evans Three four is Cole Komet. Three five, Devin Duvernay. Three six, Van Jefferson. Three seven, Tyler Johnson. Three eight, Antonio Gandhi Golden. Three nine, Eno Benjamin. Three ten, Joshua Kelly, three eleven, Jordan Love, and then three twelve Adam Troutman. So our first uh first tight ends here coming off here in the third round at three four Cole Komet and three twelve Adam Troutman. So is it Adam Troutman right? I'm trying to remember it's now. T- I never. think it's uh, yeah,
2: Adam Troutman.
1: Yeah. All right. So who who is uh who is your steal of the third round here, Matt?
2: It's kind of interesting looking at this group. I'm not seeing it I'm not I'm gonna honestly say I don't think any of these are steals. I'm surprised Antonio Gibson isn't in this because we haven't seen him in the first two rounds.
1: Yeah, he's but, in the second round. He in the second round. He was he is two, going at two ten. Two ten. He's in the running back list because he's a running back for the Oh, Reds There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I, know you're I don't not even
2: kidding. think we read the running backs in the second round. Yeah, I did. I so, did. I read
1: Gibson off. I did.
2: Um, you know, I guess I'm going to say Benjamin because there's a possibility uh, that Kenyon Drake is gone. Oh, and did we lose Matt?
1: now? Oh, there we go. Okay.
2: No, there's a possibility uh, Kenyon Drake goes, uh, in which case, you know, Benjamin could end up being, you know, not this year, but maybe next year
1: but that's not a group that I'm that excited about. All right. Since Dennis has departed for a minute, I'll go next. Uh, For me, uh, I'm trying to think of here. I'm going to go Evans. Uh, I think landing there with Tennessee is a really good spot for him. Kind of exactly what you just said with Kenyon Drake. I think there's a realistic shot that Derrick Henry is not back with Tennessee next year. Uh, I think Evans could easily be jump in and, do a lot more with what Deion Lewis did last year. It's actually kind of surprising if you go back and look at how many times he actually got the balls. a lot more than I think people think just because of how bad he was. I think Evans can actually produce a little bit, uh, probably be a flex player this year, and then maybe be a 50-50, 60-40 50, guy next year. I don't know if Evans can can carry the role for a team, but I really don't think they want to pay uh Derrick Henry what he wants to be paid is he came out uh before this offseason saying he wanted to be make more than Zeke I don't see that happening for Derrick Henry so I think he will be gone from Tennessee so if you can get a guy like Evans even if you're the Henry owner or not the Henry owner in a third round a guy who I think is going to have immediate value and possible future value at the running back position is it is a steal in the third round so Dennis who's yours
3: well I, I like both of those guys I Evans, I think is going to peak at a high end committee back. Uh, I don't know that he's ever going to be one to fully carry the load. So I, I think he can have an Austin Eckler type of impact. If he grows his game, Benjamin is in a situation where if the Cardinals don't commit to Drake after this year, he goes in and shows, well, he could be in line to take over next year. So those are both really good, good opportunities. Um, But I'm going to go with Joshua Kelly. Uh, At 310, you're almost into the fourth round. He's got bell cow size, speed, okay, vision. I think that's probably the biggest knock on him. He catches the ball pretty well. I think he's really, he's one that's going to surprise. I don't think it bodes well for my Justin Jackson shares if Kelly comes in and looks good. I think it could end up really being the end of Justin Jackson in uh, Los Angeles. And I see him being, you know, I, I, I have concerns that uh, Eckler might not be able to withstand the pounding and so that his, he, his usage is going to regress. Maybe not his efficiency, but his usage, which will open up uh, lots of opportunity for Kelly, and I think Kelly has the potential to, you know, much like uh, Burrow and Higgins going into Cincinnati, Kelly can come in there with Herbert. Uh, they're both West Coast guys. They've played against each other, already have a relationship, and they can start to grow with that team as well. So I, I like Joshua Kelly.
1: All right, Matt, who is your dud here in the fourth? Or, sorry, third round, third round i'm i'm
2: gonna say cole commit just because the bears have a, a billion tight ends and i think three four is too early to take any of the tight ends honestly that feels like a reach
1: dennis what about you
3: yeah i don't i wouldn't take any of the tight ends uh, i think from the other players you know it feels, it feels way too high for Anthony McFarland uh, at yeah. 3.2. To me, I think he's a fourth-round player.
1: Okay. Um, uh, I'm, I was torn between Love and DuVernay. I'm going to go DuVernay. Like, I liked him coming out of Texas. I thought he had a really good senior year, but I think the landing spot is not good for him. I think he, in all honesty, profiles and plays the exact same as Hollywood Brown. Outside of him more playing in the slot, I just don't trust Lamar Jackson to be able to get him the ball. We we saw last year that Lamar Jackson made all of Lamar Jackson fantasy relevant besides Mark Andrews. I I don't think they're going to target Mark Andrews less to go target Devin DuVernay in the slot. So I think DuVernay at 3-5 is a little bit of a reach for me, especially going into a run-heavy offense and an offense where they primarily target the tight end. Uh, For my guy that I'm going to back, I'm going to point my – God, I'm stuck between two really good – three really good players here. Tyler Johnson, AGG, and I'm going with Justin Herbert. I think he's going to prove that he is the best quarterback in this class. All those Tua fans are going to be crying in five years, being like, why did I trust Tua after three broken hips and two broken ankles in five years Uh, and not going with a guy like Justin Herbert, who's going to be an absolute stud for the Los Angeles Chargers. Dennis, who are you putting your all of your clout behind here in the third round?
3: If I, if I think one player coming out of this group in the third round, uh, I, I'm probably going to plant my flag on Darrington Evans because I think he's in a position to carve out a role that will be consistently viable for more years than the other players.
1: All right, what about you, Matt?
2: I, I'm kind of curious. I I kind of liked the Troutman uh, pick for his okay. location going to New Orleans. I think that's a team that we've seen be able to develop uh, tight ends and weapons. There's no, that's not a pick I'm making because I want to use them this year or maybe even next year. But Jared Cooks, obviously older, um, we've seen them ha- bring in some tight ends and have success there. I thought that was a good. Place where he might have some opportunity.
1: All right. Moving on to the fourth round. At 4-1, you have LeMichael P. Ryan, 4-2, Jalen Hurts, 4-3, Lynn Bowden, 4-4, Donovan, Peoples, Jones, 4-5, DJ, Dallas, 4-6, Devin, uh, uh awesome. Okay, cool. I actually got a name right. How about that? It's the first right there. Four point seven. Uh, I don't remember what his first name is. Quintin Quintez. Quintez. Quintez Cephas. Four eight. Uh, I'm not even going to pretend to try and do his last name. King Albert. Albert Ogawaka. We I don't know how to say it, but King Albert. The really good tight end. Four nine. Bryson Hopkins. Four ten. Was it Quinton Davis? No, Greg Davis who? Buffalo. Which
2: Gabriel Davis.
1: What sorry? I'm sorry. Gabriel, Gabriel Davis. Davis. Gabriel Davis. Well, still, there's was a wrong Buffalo wide receiver here in the fourth round. Makes no sense. Uh at 411, Harrison Bryant, and then 412, Hunter Bryant Dennis. Who is your steal here in the fourth round? I feel like we're probably gonna have the same player.
3: Um in the fourth round, I I gotta I, I'm gonna say P Ryan because oh. I feel I feel like he is set up much like Eno Benjamin, he can go in this year, back up Le'Veon Bell, get his feet wet in the NFL, show that he can be productive in all three phases of the game, and then take over next year. Um, I like Quintez Cephas a lot. I think that uh, what really pushed him down was running a slow 40 time at the Combine, but I think he he's somebody – I've seen – him comped a little bit as he's put up as the replacement for Marvin Jones and then mm-hmm. comp to Marvin Jones. But man, Marvin Jones is fast. And so while Cephas isn't four, seven slow, uh, he's, he's not Marvin Jones fast either, but I think LaMichael P Ryan, uh, in this group is one that, uh, is potentially going to be the guy to own.
1: What about you, Matt?
2: Yeah. It- Piran's a good value, but I I think the one that jumped off when you were reading him is uh, DJ Dallas, because I think it's still reasonable to have some question about Carson and Penny's health, because both of them had pretty massive injuries pretty late in uh, December. They say they're tracking to play, but you never know, and so I thought that was a place where... He went that could have some some good opportunity. When you're grabbing a guy in the fourth round of your rookie draft, you're mostly looking at lottery tickets, and somebody that could have a a good path to play could be a good lottery ticket there. Same you know kind of idea as Dennis's
1: yeah i think those two are probably the biggest ones i mean i like donovan peoples jones as well to cleveland i think that's he's going to be a really good receiver for them uh maybe not this year because they brought higgins back on that one-year deal uh, but i really think Peoples jones could easily slot into that third role uh, and and really get a lot of good uh good coverages and everything good uh good matchups with this talent as he is uh, but i'm going dallas as well i mean I, i'm everybody knows I'm not a Penny believer. I think Dallas can easily beat out Penny of that backup role, and we've seen, as Matt, you mentioned, Chris Carson has a very long injury history. All it takes is that one injury, and we've seen the way that Seattle likes to run the ball. DJ Dallas can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. I think DJ Dallas uh, has a little bit more upside than P. Ryan does uh, with the New York Jets, also because you have Adam Gase coaching the, the New York Jets, so God knows what he's even going to do with P. Ryan. He might be in the yeah. fourth round. He won't be track. coaching
2: in there next year.
1: Well DJ Dallas is gonna and, be good this year and, and that's forward.
2: that's probably the only hesitation with both those guys is there's questions about their team for New York. It's coaching. Yeah. And a little bit of offensive line, but for Seattle, I, I don't know if you saw, but post draft, they released two of their starting offensive linemen, and it's not like they had God's gift to the offensive line play before. So that's yeah. the only thing that makes me. Russell Wilson's probably like, I guess I better go do minor league baseball and get my running in, learning <laughs> stealing bases so I can be prepared for the season.
1: Uh, my dud for the fourth round, I don't. I'm going to be honest. I don't really have one. I mean, I guess maybe Hunter Bryant. I I don't know. I think all these guys are are viable fourth round picks. They're all lottery tickets. I don't, I know you just highlighted Jalen hurts, but I don't mind taking a shot on Jalen hurts in the fourth round. Dennis, like it's not a, I, for me, I I don't think it's a bad thing to take hurts because if he ends up being a poor man's Lamar Jackson, you're going to get some good fantasy games out of him. So if I have to pick one, I'm just going to go Hunter Bryant just because. I don't really have a good reason. I, I I would go Harrison Bryant, but I can't hate on a Cleveland Brown. So I'm going to go that, Hunter Bryant as mine. What if
2: Jalen Hurts ends up being a poor man's
1: Tim Tebow? He's still winning fantasy games. Tim Tebow had a couple good fantasy games. That's my point. You're taking him in the yeah, fourth over round. Over five <laughs> years. <laughs> That's all right, though. <laughs> all it takes is that one win to get that championship, Dennis. All right, Matt. Who's yours? Who's your who's your uh, dud here in the fourth round?
2: I, I would probably be with Dennis, uh, Jalen Hurts. If you're in a one quarterback league, uh, unless you're super desperate, I don't. He's not you know, rostered. Once once, once you go Maybe through the top, th- once you go through the top three, I'd rather take a chance on Eason, who I think has a better chance to get into a playing role or Cole McDonald, who's maybe one injury away from getting in then, then going for either love who that, you know, that we didn't talk about that because the third round was kind of scary, but love and hurts are two guys that got taken behind franchise quarterbacks. So barring some catastrophe trade or injury, you don't have a real clear path to play. And, and for, in the case of, Love, you might like his talent enough that you're willing to wait and hold on and hope that he gets his shot. I don't know that Hurts was somebody going into the draft that I felt like, oh, man, we just got to wait for him to get in there and then he's going to be golden. I'm a little bit like you, Dennis, on that one.
3: Yeah, I, I'm not going to expound anymore on my disappointment <laughs> with Jalen Hurts getting drafted. Um, for me, I, I think what – I'm probably – disappointed that uh I, I really thought hunter bryant was had the potential to be a player uh, i and and for somebody who liked him as much as i did when he didn't get drafted uh it really showed me what the nfl thinks i think the best that he can hope for right now honestly is to spend two or three years somewhere where he can get some Darren Waller type development and then hope to come out, you know, in three years and land somewhere where he can get an opportunity to.
1: Did to he sign some, somewhere? So as, okay? He's
3: in Detroit.
1: Yeah, Detroit. Yeah, he was oh, an underactive free agent, yeah. Which again, so. I'm I'm, I'm, honest, I'm kind of surprised he's being drafted in the fourth round. There's a, still a lot of guys that I mean, you mentioned Eason, Isaiah Hodgins. I would take in the fourth round. Oh, yeah.
2: I feel like we're missing a few receivers. If yeah, there's a couple right. guys that I
1: was kind of surprised were not being drafted as as fourth round guys. So, Dennis, who uh, who would you point out? Who would you throw all your clout behind here in the fourth round?
3: Uh, if I'm gonna stake my claim on anybody, it's gonna be Lamichael P. Ryan. I think he might pass uh, Preston Williams as my most owned asset.
1: That's hard to do. That is hard to do. Matt, what about you? I I like the
2: the P Ryan um, option too, just because I think he has a, a clearer path in there. Obviously, the the Jets don't really have much beyond Bell, and it doesn't seem like that Bell marriage was it was very strong. So if he can have a good good showing, I think he um you know it's like the case we make for benjamin with arizona there's a there's a great shot that once the the big name that's in front of them is gone that they can kind of sneak up there and grab it
1: uh i'm going with isaiah fucking hodgins how he didn't make it into the he, fourth not... <laughs> no, he should be but uh i'm gonna go donovan people's jones uh may sound like a homer pick here but uh There's a lot of talk that the Browns will move on from Odell or Landry next year. Uh, Landry's got a very easy uh, way out of his contract after this season. They only signed Higgins to one-year deal. Um, I like him coming into this offense. He's a very skilled wide receiver. I think he has a shot to be the three or two. As early – well, not the two this year, but the two possibly by next year if they move on for one of those guys. A ton of talent. I, I have no doubts that Baker will try and get him the ball, assuming Baker is the quarterback of the future here uh, for the Browns. He's a guy that I really like. He, he's the one guy in this fourth round outside of D.J. Dallas that if I could take a shot on anybody having a, a really good career, that would, that would be it. I uh, still think Isaiah Hodgins is the fucking truth, and why he's not who, in the fourth round is very upsetting. Who would have
2: to me. thought this was the episode where Matt gave up on Ronald Jones and also started the process of breaking
1: up with Baker Mayfield? <laughs> I'm not breaking up with Baker. Baker's the truth. You said but if, you, no,
2: wait, 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 wait a minute. You, you said if I, he's the franchise, I think he's the
1: future. He's the future NFL. P NFL. MVP is going to win seven Super Bowls over the next eight years. They're going to give up one to somebody in the NFC, but they're going to win like six straight, lose one, then win two straight. It's going to be ridiculous. But I see all over Brown's Twitter how everybody's not so sure about Baker anymore. Baker's fucking amazing. I don't want to get started on that. I went a whole rant on the Browns podcast about that. If you don't think Baker's a good quarterback, you don't know football. That's just my opinion. But Actually- Ronald Jones. Go ahead. No, what, what do you got to say?
2: No, I was. I think the Browns have a decent chance to be the post-hype sleeper for 2020.
1: Stop it. Stop it. Not, not this year. We're not talking. The Browns are going to suck this year, just so I can hope reverse karma that, because I don't want to go jump all on the hype train like I did last year. But that is what I'm hoping we will do next time. I was thinking about doing – Previews This week or today's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit of rookie drafts, so I'm thinking maybe Friday we can start previewing if both of you guys are available, because if you guys did not see, uh, while we were recording, the tweet came out that the NFL schedule will be dropping Thursday. Saturday.
2: Oh, I thought this was Saturday
1: the ninth. Uh, Thursday in prime time, they're going to go over three hour show on NFL Network and ESPN. Three hours to go over every single division with every single team. Since you know we don't have anything else to do right now, that and might as well. Is, this that. is the so, moment
2: when we learn all the teams that we've been uh, we've been quarantine drafting uh, all have same bye week. Right, right. Oh, the yeah, no, pocket.
1: But uh that's uh we'll either go over the schedule Friday or we'll start doing some team previews. Uh, obviously if, if we're able to make the, the podcast happen. So thank you guys for for joining me. If you guys are listening on the podcast, uh or if you're not and you're watching us, jump on rate review and subscribe. It would mean a lot to us. Thank you guys again and have yourselves a great day.
3: If you're watching us, follow these guys. <laughs> Wait.
1: Later. Later. Yeah, See no, ya. The, the bigger thing's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> Prepare
0: for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your on ready? I came out the room wide already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Oh, they tackle the four the corner. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can! <laughs> <laughs>